Thanks for joining us at the Business Growth Cafe, where each week we select from a menu of topics for a focused discussion with an industry expert to provide insights that can impact your business's growth with your host, Angelo Ponzi. Hi, I'm Angelo Ponzi, your host here at the Business Growth Cafe. Thank you for joining me. Now, if you miss me, it's been a few months since I've I've been on the podcast platform, but uh, I'm back and we're ready to kick off a new season, actually a new year. And my first guest is going to be fantastic. Krista Hollingsworth, Chief Revenue Officer of Concilian. Now, that means nothing to you yet, but it's going to mean a lot to you once we get into the show. But think about this. Are you concerned about cybersecurity? Are you concerned about compliance, being compliant in your business? How about ransomware? I don't know about you, but it scares me, especially when we hear about all the hacking going on and the phishing that's going on. We've got a war in Ukraine going on. And in general, it's scary out there and it's scary inside the four walls of your office. So I want you to stay tuned. We're going to explore all this idea with her company, Concilian, what they do and how they can help you and how they've helped lots of other companies. Krista, welcome to the Business Growth Cafe. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I, I'm, I know we've been trying to do this now for a few months, I think. and uh, um, But I'm finally glad we, we finally got here. As I think mm-hmm. I've told you, I, I ended up taking a few months off on posting yes. shows. So you are my first show back. Um, so no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. We need like a clap track there. That's exciting. Thank and you. I can, and I can add one in later on. <laughs> there you go. So uh, before we get started, why don't you tell um, the listeners about yourself and about Concilian? Sure. So I am the chief revenue officer for a managed services and managed security services provider. So we do all the IT stuff and the security stuff for middle market companies, um, 25 million to about a billion dollars in revenue, uh, 30 users to about 2000 users is another way of looking at it. And I've been with Concilian for about six years. And in that time, we have now tripled our revenue, our top line revenue since I've been with the organization. And we started in, or they started in 20, in 2001. So, so it's been fun. So I'm responsible for all the business development, the marketing, strategic planning, all that kind of stuff. That's great. And I'm going to, I'm going to give you all the credit for that growth. I think you should. (laughs) You know what? I I agree. Another clap track. So, no, it's a great team. I have a great team. That's fantastic. Where were you before? Um, I had a small marketing company called Boutique Marketing, and that's actually how I met the, uh, the owners of Concilium. So they needed some you know, new website marketing, those kinds of things, uh, messaging, and I um, helped them with that and was really interested in their vision and what they wanted to do. So like a lot of small business owners, they get so caught up in the doing of the tasks that they're not really growing the business. And, and so there comes an inflection point where a business owner has to say, we need more help and we need to focus on business growth, not just on service delivery. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I was, like I said, I was really interested in their vision. At that time, they were talking about stepping more into security 
And um, this is an interesting, it's interesting to me. So when I started with Concilian, I would go to these conferences because I don't have a technology background. I mean, I built websites back in the day, but other than knowing some HTML code, I don't know anything about technology. So to educate myself, I would go to these events. And there's a lot of really competent IT. And at that time, there were a few security people, but not a lot. And the leadership at Concilian was just head and shoulders above what everyone else was doing because they were focused on business outcomes. They weren't just focused on the IT. And that was very interesting to me. And I thought, oh, I can do something with this. This is going to be fun. And so we started investing in the security space and it's paid off. I mean, nobody could have envisioned that there would be a pandemic. People would be working remotely. There would be a rash of ransomware that's been unleashed. Um, so in that sense, we were just lucky, you know, that we were we were thinking about security at that time. It was like a perfect storm for you. I think so. I mean, we were we grew um, quite a bit during you know um, during the lockdown because our customers actually were growing. So there were certain segments of the market where their online business started to to take off. And they were, it was easy for us to deploy them at home because they were being managed and they had been, you know, we have a lot of clients that have been with us for a long time. So uh, we were very, very fortunate. Some of our, um, one in particular, one of our partners, big part of their space was in retail, big retail organizations. And so they were, they were hit really hard. So yeah, it was a perfect storm for us. Mm. In the positive sense. In the positive sense, of course. I, mm -hmm. I say the, the pandemic was a great networking uh, via Zoom. Got me to meet a lot of people as opposed to getting my car and driving places. So I always hate saying that, but yeah. it actually was a good good opportunity to broaden my network. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, and it's interesting now how we're living in this hybrid universe. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm doing some things out, you know, driving around, and then I'm still doing a lot of things on Zoom and and even when we offer to go to a client to meet them in person, they prefer to meet on Zoom. So, or Teams or whatever application they're using. Sure, sure. Yeah, remotely. <clears throat> have you have you seen a, you know, given the Ukrainian war, have you seen a kind of a resurgence again of of people getting concerned about um, yes ransomware and hacking and all of that. Yes. And because the government was really concerned about it and putting everyone on high alert. So there's been a couple of things that have been happening in the space that we're in. So most of our clients are in the manufacturing space. Some of them do work with the Department of Defense. And if you're doing business with the Department of Defense, even if you're a tier three, what's called a tier three provider, mm -hmm. you're not doing the direct services, but you're one of the suppliers um, you have to become what's called CMMC compliant. So it's a cybersecurity mature, maturity model certification because what, what we saw with SolarWinds, the SolarWinds hack affected the U.S. government. What happens in the private sector is affecting now the public. And so we're seeing a lot of pressure coming down to organizations in that they are going to have to do more with their cybersecurity. Um, and the, the cybersecurity um, 
insurance market is also hardened quite a bit. So it's a lot more difficult to get cyber liability insurance. So that mixed with the pandemic and mixed with what's, what was going on or what is going on with Ukraine has certainly brought security to the forefront of everyone's mind. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the thing that we're trying to solve for is this is still about risk mitigation and we still want your business to grow and you don't want to invest in security that's going to hobble the organization. And that's a delicate balance. Yeah, it's a great point. It's a great point. Yeah. What are what do you think, you know, when you're talking to a prospect or current clients, I mean, what are their their biggest concerns? I mean, you know, what are the kinds of questions you get asked? That's a good question. So it depends if if it's compliance. So we have a, a, a customer that has to be CMMC compliant. And even though the government says, well, the deadline, the drop dead, dead deadline is 2025, their customers are saying, where are you with this compliance? And in fact, if you're not even on the way, we're not even going to let you bid. So for them, this really is, they're going to start losing business. So their their pain point is how quickly can we get this done? Um, To be honest, most organizations are really thinking about how to prevent being sued. You know, it is about risk mitigation. I mean, we would like for our customers to really think about their customers and how losing their data impacts them. But, you know, we're all, <laughs> we, we tend to be self-centered. Yep. <laughs> and so their biggest pain point is how do we not get sued or get in trouble or, you know, lose our insurance? They're going to lose their insurance. So they're really focused on the risk mitigation aspect of it. Yeah, well, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, a lot of people, it, you know, if we look at the combinations of things, ultimately, there's that risk of data loss and impacting their customers. And, yeah. and so, you know, it all really kind of boils down to whatever security or, or ransomwares and things that you're doing. I mean, ultimately mm-hmm. it's not only your business, but the business of the people that you're managing. I think if the marketing people were involved in the conversation, they would be screaming about the data loss as it affects the customers, because then that's going to affect your reputation. Mm -hmm. That's going to affect, you know, their ability to sell the brand, you know, to attract new customers. So there are long tail costs. And so oftentimes with security, cybersecurity, especially it's given to the IT person instead of saying, this is a whole company process and your actually your sales and marketing department, they do need to be involved because they're oftentimes in what we call a, um, they're a point of failure. They're, they're the ones that are going to click on the emails because they want to do business, you know? So anyway, but yeah, they, I think if they had more to say about it, um, the data loss would be, would be as far as the customer is concerned would be of everybody in everybody's mind. Sure. And that's a great point. You know, the kind of services and things that you're doing usually 99.999% of the time end up in IT. But the reality is it's, I I like to look at the company holistically and how does it impact everybody? And to your point, if there's a breach, if there's an issue and impacts the customers, then marketing potentially is scrambling or, you know, we have some uh, mutual friends that are in crisis management and all of a sudden, right. They're calling David uh, because they've got a problem. Instead yeah. of, you know, setting plans and doing things in place. I worked a lot in the restaurant industry and, 
you know, my point to my clients was don't wait until there's a crisis. Let's get a plan in place so we know what to do when there is a crisis and everybody knows their roles versus, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody getting a phone call and starting to talk to the press when they have no idea what's going on. Mm -hmm. When, um, you know, cybersecurity compliance, you mentioned it a little, how prevalent is ransomware? I mean, you know, as a small business, I think about it, but you know, sure. who's, who's going to target me? What are they going to get out of me? Yeah. So there are some really good studies um, that are out from the FBI has one. Um, there's a Verizon uh, data breach report. Um, IBM puts out a couple and actually ransomware isn't the number one threat vector. It's the, the most recent report from the FBI. Um, it's more like confidence schemes, um, business email compromise is huge. That's huge for losses. So business email compromise is when someone pays a vendor bill and it's not the vendor. So let's say, you know, company A is hacked and company B gets the invoice from this middleman and they pay it, Mm -hmm. you know, those kinds of things. So those are really the ones that are more prevalent um, ransomware is in the news because it is scary. Um, I think it's sexy on some level, you know, for the, for the media and the payouts tend to be huge. So mm-hmm. the biggest payout that I'm, I'm aware of currently was from, uh, by I think CNS insurance and they paid $40 million wow. in wow. ransom. Mm-hmm. Wow. 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 So quick question. Yeah, you might be different than the answer I'm going to give. But how many phishing emails did you get today? <laughs> Not many, because we have uh, spam filters and everything in place. <laughs> I have a whole team of experts that take care of me. So um, I don't get them very often, but I do get texting. So today, I don't think I got any today. But every now and again, I'll get one that, you know, your your um, your account has been compromised, your Wells Fargo account has been compromised, you know, click here immediately. So I will get those. Um, I'm a T-Mobile person. And so I think T-Mobile had a big data breach this year. So everybody's information is out there. How about you? I think I got six today. Yeah. <laughs> from, um, you know, we're, we're ready to pay your invoice. Click here. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, what I don't get anymore is, you know, the uh, from the uh, from from the Middle East, you know, when I inherited eight gazillion dollars and all I have to do is hand over all my uh, banking information so they can yeah. deposit it. <laughs> <laughs> no, not so much. So there's there's some really interesting confidence schemes that are happening on an individual level, not necessarily the business level where you meet someone online, they seem you have great rapport, you know, you're kind of dating and they help you to invest in cryptocurrency. And so the first time you invest, you make a return. The second time you invest, you invest more, they disappear with your money. Mm -hmm. So that's a, that's a big one. Um, As far as the emails, you have to be careful because if your vendor or your third party person has been hacked, that invoice and the tone being in marketing, the tone of the email sounds like the person that you're, you know, that you would receive it from. So anybody can be hacked it's, it's, and be fished. You know, it's um, these, 
these guys are working really hard at um, getting you to click on those emails and pay those invoices. And um, what a lot of people don't know too is that we're dealing with organized crime and um, state-sponsored attacks. Mm -hmm. So it's not a rogue individual. Rarely, um, I believe 80% of the attacks are perpetrated perpetrated by organized crime. Yeah, it makes sense. And, mm-hmm. and I got one today that was through an older email of mine that I, I don't use very often. Mm-hmm. And it was referencing from a, from a, a previous account that you know mm. my paperwork was ready and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. you know it's like you said, pe- the data is out there. People get it. You know they yeah. keep, they keep throwing things at you, and it seems like mm-hmm. if you ignore them, they they kind of change. So, um, do do you do um, a lot of on-site training? Because obviously we're talking about pressing the wrong button, clicking on the wrong thing, or you know being fooled into doing things. And a lot of folks think they're you know smart about it, but yeah. obviously people make mistakes. Yeah, they do make mistakes. So we do a live training. Uh, we have a security awareness training. Um, actually, I helped to co-create it, and I helped to run that program. And it's there's three it's there's three phases. So one phase is we do simulated phishing just to see how you know how good you are. Um, and we also do what's called computer computer based training, where you'll get like a really short video, two or three minutes, and then we do a live training. And the live training is we get just the best feedback. We don't, we can go on site, but because of, you know, the nature of business today, we've been doing it online, but we gear it towards how to be safe at home. You know, um, when's the last time you, you changed your router, you know, your Wi-Fi router, how old is it? Have you changed the default passwords? Because if you haven't, then you are vulnerable. So we talk a lot about how to be safe at home, what the company policies are, and what to look for. And the last one we did, this company is unusual because they have several high-level IT people, CTOs, um, chief technical officers. And they, they were asking us questions. So even the CTOs, they don't know everything. And that's not their job to know everything. So mm-hmm. it, it can be very beneficial to do that live training. Okay. Yeah. Now, you're a chief revenue officer. Mm-hmm. All the growth that your organization has attributed to you. Clap, clap, clap. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, and like I said, not just me, but. Um, yeah. I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. Not really, but I'm kidding. Um, so what's a typical day for you? That's a good question. Um, we are a small company, small but mighty. And so a typical day for me is, you know, returning emails and thinking about my, you know, what our objectives are um, and measuring where we are with those objectives. I think about that, I think, every day. So I have a post-it note. It's very old school. with our, you know, what our objective is for the year and then our objective for the next five years. And I look at it every day. And so everything that I do for Concilion is in service to that objective. And it's not just a monetary objective, but a monetary objective is a good, is a good um, uh, target to hit. What, um, what, what are, 
what have, what have been, let's, we could do pre, during, and post, so I'll let sure. you describe it. What's been your biggest challenges in, in growing the business and building awareness and interest in your services and all that good stuff? Well, all of it. So the biggest challenge in the beginning was education because we were ahead of the game. And actually, Consilian, because the owners, as brilliant as they are, they were servicing the customers, right? They were working in the business instead of working on the business. So in the beginning, we had to build the infrastructure. We had to build the, what is the messaging? Who are our customers? Even though they had been in business at that time for 15 or 16 years, you still have to go through those real basics of who's our audience? What are their pain points? Mm-hmm. What are we, what, what are the, what, how do we communicate with them? What is the best way to communicate that with them? And the thing that I really love about working with Consilian is that they were willing to, to invest in failure. And what I mean by that is we had to try some things that didn't work and didn't work the way that we intended, but we got great feedback. And then we were able to make our marketing and our messaging even better. So I think with a lot of small business owners, it's been my experience that they have a tendency and small, I mean, you know, you can be, I have had clients in the past that have had a couple of hundred employees and do a hundred million dollars, but they have a, a small business mindset that if you try something once and it doesn't work, the whole thing was a failure. And so marketing doesn't work. And marketing, in my mind, is a conversation. And so we have to keep having that conversation and then finding the right clients, because not every client is a good fit for Consilian. And now I feel like we're in a position where we can say no to customers that we're not a good fit for them and they're not a good fit for us. So that that was really challenging. Um, The networking has been tremendous. Um, for us, um, the, the thing that's also a challenge challenge is resources. You know, I would love to have a much larger team and it's on the roadmap. So, you know, and then there's, again, there's that balance of when do we hire, you know, those kinds of things, but those are good problems to have. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, your point of it's working, you know, on the business and in the business and finding that, mm-hmm. that balance, because you can't just, you know, smile and dial, if you will, every day. I mean, you have to, no. to your point is, you know, are we, are we making strides towards our objectives, doing constant measurement, figuring yeah. out different things, but you said something that was really important. I think for the listeners is it's okay to fail. And it's, Absolutely. that's how we learn, right? There's a, there's a famous quote, which I don't know what it is, but it's something along the line is, you know, failure is an opportunity to improve or to grow mm-hmm. and because we do learn from that. I mean, my first business uh, at age 23 in and out in eight months, I mean, yeah. I had no idea what I was doing. I was listening <laughs> to these older guys and they were telling me all this stuff and, you know, mm-hmm. their knowledge, my money. At the end of the day, they were gone and, you know, now my money was gone, but yeah. man, I had an education like never before. Mm-hmm. And, and so, it, it, and it's interesting when you talk about marketing, I mean, that's so many times we have these discussions with, with clients. It's, it's like, you know, what's the guarantee? Well, there is no guarantee because yeah. I can't control certain things. I, I can get them, you know, I can get the horse to, to the trough, right? So I can't make them drink. I can put stuff in the pipeline, but we won't know if it's the right stuff. And so there's too many different variables. And so if you go mm-hmm. into it scared, 
or just yes. convinced it won't work, yes. then, then you're dead. And, and I know digital marketing folks have that problem, right? They get in there and they go, well, I've been at this now for two months and nothing's happened. Therefore, <laughs> it doesn't work. So wait, no, it doesn't yeah. work that way. And SEO yeah. people, right? I tried yeah. SEO for 30 days. It didn't work. Well, mm-hmm. I can tell you right now, it won't work. <laughs> I had Not a, in 30 days. Yeah. yeah in 30 days. I, yeah. No, absolutely. And so I agree with you. I mean, failure is now, if you're having failure after failure, after failure, after failure, then that that's different. But you have to have the courage to kind of put put it out there. You know, you you can only do the best that you can with the information that you have, right? right? So to your point, you yeah, you you don't have a crystal ball. You're doing all the assessments. You know, I know you do the, um, you know, you do the the marketing analysis and everything that you do. You're very strategic, and you're right. And even still you can't account for every single variable, like a right. pandemic. Well, exactly, <laughs> you know? well, exactly, exactly. Or, or politics or wars mm-hmm. or anything else, right? It's, I, I was giving a presentation a few years ago. And as I was driving, I heard that interest rates had gone up that day. So mm-hmm. when I got to the meeting and I have a particular slide that I use that talks about external factors that can imp- in, in, uh, impact your marketing. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, when I got to financial and, and political and all that, and I said, how many of you know that interest rates just went up and the, and the, your cost to borrow money just got more yeah. expensive? It just impacted your business within the hour it took me to get here. And those are the kinds of things you have to pay attention, right? We, we have to pay attention externally to what's going yep. on and internally. And, you know, and you told me something I didn't actually know about you, that you were a marketer before. So, you know, you're Mm -hmm. saying, you're like preaching to the choir here, you know, know your customers, know their message, know what's relevant. I mean, if I said that 10 times already today to somebody, it's probably I'm under reporting it because that constant repetition that we have to understand who they are and what's relevant and what's important. What are their pain points? How do I message them? How do I do the tactical side? And so that's why you know, I, to your point, I focus on the strategic understanding mm-hmm. all that stuff. So by the time it gets to the tactical, it's, it, it's primed and ready to go. Cause we already know who these people are. Otherwise you're just throwing stuff at the wall. Absolutely. One of the things that was, that we had happened recently, or that I had a discussion with someone uh, on our leadership team was he said, you know, maybe we should change our story a little bit. You know, you have your origin story. And I said, because you've heard it many times, the customer has, has not heard it many times. And it's a story that still resonates. Watch people when you tell them our origin story, how Consilian started. We started after 9-11. Um, you know, one of the founders was working for a Fortune 100 company doing business continuity planning. The, their main office was on the East Coast, um, near night, near ground zero. So when the tragedy happened, everything failed over to the West Coast. Things were able to continue with business. How could a smaller, medium-sized business survive a catastrophic event? They couldn't without that knowledge. Mm-hmm. And that's what Consilium brings. It's a powerful story. And it I is. get so many people that that it resonates with them. So internally, it's like, aren't we bored with that story? It's like when it stops selling, then we'll, we can talk about it. But right now that story resonates and I get, I see a lot of people shake their head. Yes. When we tell it. So. (laughs) Well, that's always the problem is, is the, I'll say the marketing people or the management get tired of the story long before. Yeah. So, Hey, we've been running this for three months. I'm bored with it. Yeah. But 
you know, we haven't even begun to touch our, our marketplace. Exactly. Um, so, so in business development and, and we met through a networking group that, that yes. we both belong to. And so how often are you, you know, again, the pandemic changed things, but how often are you out there in networking events or um, trade shows or conferences? I mean, what's your typical kind of business development day look like? Yeah. So I do the networking a few times a week. Um, and it's interesting that you bring this up because all of a sudden it occurred to me that our last biggest client that we brought on board, we have a long sales cycle because of the nature of what we do oftentimes. So, um, it can be anywhere between 12 and 18 months unless someone has an urgent need, but it's a, it's a process. You do an assessment and so on and so forth. Um, our last big, big client, we've had some smaller ones, but the big one was with, um, we did a lunch and learn at a steakhouse and it was fabulous. Um, we got a lot of business from that and it occurred to me, it, you can't have that kind of interaction online. And so now that things are opening up, we're going to be doing a, um, another lunch and learn. I'm planning it for the fall And the way I like to do it is I like to do it as an event. It's not just about technology. This one's going to be about the future of your business. Um, The one we did in 2019, I guess it would have been, was on um, using Microsoft Teams for calling, which at that time was cutting edge. And so it was really interesting. So I think I have something lined up. So I'm always thinking about how can I get the most bang for my buck? Because I still have a budget. Um, even though my team is behind me and the leadership is behind me and they say, you know, it's okay to, you know, we're going to do some experimentation. I'm still very mindful of every dollar that I spend. Those dollars have to have a return. Mm -hmm. And so the things that work for us are webinars, lunch and learns, um, actually mailing. We're going to be doing mailings again because there's, uh, people are coming back to the office um, and those seem to kind of punch through the noise. And we will be doing some um, some more online activity. Now we're going to be ramping that up again. Um, so I hope that answers your question. I know yeah, I kind of rambled. an integrated program going on and some of it's in person, some of it's. Some of it. Yeah. I mean, right now it is. I mean, the pandemic just shifted everything. But no, we you know, I'm I'm out there and the business development is talking to as many people as I can, but then still making time to actually do some strategic road mapping. I mean, there's paperwork that needs to be done, unfortunately, and other meetings that need to be had and customer care. So part of my job a CRO is sharing customer service with our chief operating officer. So he focuses on uh, service delivery, but I focus on communication. So there's a lot of um, communication with our current clients as well and making sure that, that they're not forgotten. You know, as you know, it's, it's almost trite to say it, but people forget about it, that it costs more to acquire a new customer than mm-hmm. to keep the ones that you have. And to grow, you know, grow those services within within that um, within your current sphere of influence. So it's a it's a good balance, you know, to to do both. And right now, you know, with the pandemic, it was more like probably 60, 40, really spending a lot of time on our current clients, maybe even a little bit more than 60 percent. 
um, attending to their needs, helping them with any, anything that comes up, you know, anticipating what some of the risks might be. Um, and now we're going to be flipping a little bit, not totally, but doing a little bit more on that new acquisition now sure. that things are open. Is there a cadence to your customer service? Yeah, so the customer service, it, it and it depends. So obviously the bigger clients, right? They have, they're utilizing more resources. They require more resources to maintain. So I will make sure that I touch some of our bigger customers at least once a month. They don't need to see me a lot, but they do see our team a lot. So that's where Jim is our COO, he's great. And he has a lot of touches with our customers. So we, he and I make sure that we're on the same page so that the communication is seamless. So, and we all know what's going on with the customers. So even though I'm not technical, I still get briefed on what's going on in case a customer reaches out to me, then I'm not in the dark about what's going on with their account. Okay. I, I commend yeah. you on that, by the way. I've, I've probably in the last six or seven months working on various clients and doing you know, customer work, trying to understand mm -hmm. customers' perception. And one of the things I hear a lot is I haven't talked to senior management <laughs> in, you know, months or a year. As a matter of fact, you're the first person. I actually was yeah. inter doing an interview for a client and I'm into the interview and I realized that the client I'm talking to thinks I'm a new rep because, oh. because the the president said the new rep will be contacting you soon, but like three or four weeks had gone by and I was the first person to show up, even though it said, you know, I was an outside consultant doing interviewing. So they were just going on and on and on. And, and, uh, you know, I was able to give that feedback, but you know, mm -hmm. I find that is so kind of constant. They say, ah, oh, the sales reps contacting them or this person. And, and then there's just totally disengaged. And, and I think it's in yeah. some cases, if you're, a, you know, $500 million company, you know, the CEO is not going to be making phone calls to all the clients, but we're a small mm -hmm. organization, you know, to your point, you're, you're making sure that they're being handled, but you communicate with them on a regular basis. So they know that, you know, you didn't just sell them, if you will, and then disappear. Right. Yeah. And, and what's interesting is, is our CEO that in particular annoys him <laughs> about yeah. other companies that just being sold and then, they disappear until they need something again. So we're very conscious about the do unto others as you would want them to do unto you, you yeah. know, in that, in that sense. And another thing, you know, to your point is some organizations do this really well. Um, so we have a company that we're a big, we're a big client for them um, and they're large, but we use a lot of their services. And so they have a team and the team handles different aspects of the business and the team has to talk to each other. And it's really nice. Oh yeah. Joy told me about that. Yeah. We, you know, but that's really in her sector, but we know that that's what's going on with you because there's nothing more frustrating when you're talking to one person. It's like, you have our account. Don't you guys talk? Yeah. Exactly. And it makes you <laughs> feel like you're a number. And I don't think that's a great recipe for retention when a customer just feels like a cog in the, in the wheel, yeah. in your universe. Yeah, agreed, <laughs> agreed, agreed. What do you think the most misunderstood thing is about Concilian? Um, oh, that's a good question. What's the most misunderstood thing about Concilian? 
Um, probably that we're too small to handle big, big projects. Um, I think that people have this idea that unless you have 150 employees, you can't handle their account. And we manage what's called endpoints, you know, thousands of endpoints um, because we do it strategically. And I think that's a big misconception, but once we get over it, over the hump, um, with that, with the customer, they're always really, really happy. Okay. Well, yeah. Does consilian mean anything? I mean, is it a, how the name comes Yeah, it's out? a derivative of like conciliary to counsel okay. because when consilian started, you know, I told our origin story, the short version, but when they started, they started as a consultancy. So bringing that management methodology, the business continuity, you know, the back of disaster recovery, bringing that knowledge mm -hmm. and helping organizations design um, um, solid infrastructures. And then it evolved into managed services where we manage what we built for the customer and then it evolved into managed security. So it's a derivative of counselor, conciliary. Conciliary, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Being Italian, I know that word. Oh, okay. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> on our team is Italian, but they like the words, so there. <laughs> no, I like it. Um, so, I mean, you're you're out there, you're doing it, you're knocking on doors, you're growing the company. Um, you know, you I know you you have uh, one one or two daughters. I, I have two two daughters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you found the elusive work life balance? <laughs> No, um, my, my motto is to do one thing at a time, you know, just, and yeah, no. And then with your kids, my kids are older now, but there was a book, I'm sure a lot of people have read it, you know, what to expect when you're expecting. Mm -hmm. Um, and she wrote, I think a couple of other books after that, like what to expect when you're, you know, when your kids too, but one of the things I remember, she said, just focus on giving them one good meal a day. You know, because parents are so hard on themselves, you know, that you know, we have to have like a balanced, nutritious. Oh, and she's like one good meal a day, just one. And it took the pressure off. And so it's like, <laughs> yeah, you give your kid one good meal a day. They'll, they'll eat popcorn the rest of the time. It's fine. Just go with it. Yeah, so, no, right. I, you know, you, you do what you can. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the, the balance thing, it's I, I've, I've had people on the show before and they, you know, spend the show talking about how to strike that balance. And as many times as I listen to it. Um, doesn't always work out that way. And, and, um, and so I haven't found anybody that says they found it yet. So we're, we're, mm. we're on the hunt for it this year. I think we're, we're on the hunt try to for find it. it. We're on the hunt. I, I, I have this personal, it, un, totally unscientific, um, thing that I do for myself. Right. So I have my little post-it notes and, um, I feel like life talks to us. So the thing that you think is the most important thing, oftentimes it isn't. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I'll just ask myself what needs to be worked on today, you know? And I have this theory, unscientific woo-woo theory that every project has its own, its own life, its own life cycle, its own energy. And they talk to you, you know, these projects and these customer projects, they talk to you. And sometimes you think something's really urgent, but it doesn't want to be worked on that day. And something else does need to be worked on that day. And then all of a sudden it all seems to come together. 
And for me, that's the closest thing I can get to feeling, to feeling balanced is when I'm not pushing and I'm just listening. Yeah, that's interesting. It's, it's, uh, for me, I actually have sticky notes. I have, I have lists, <laughs> I have digital lists. And, and my thing is I start making all these notes and then I, each week I sit down and I bring them all together and start all over again and finding that balance. And, and that's a great point. There's days where it's just like, I just don't feel this project. I just can't, yeah. I can't work on it. My mind isn't there, but I can do all these mm-hmm. other things. The other thing, do you find, so I get distracted. I don't say easily, but the email, when it continually pops up, I have this tendency mm-hmm. to want to read it. So I actually will turn it up. Matter of fact, my email's off right now. Mm-hmm. I'll turn it off just because I don't want to see it. I don't want to, if, if it's that important, somebody's going to give me a phone call. Yeah. And for those brief periods of time, you can just disengage and really concentrate and focus. And, and I find that's helpful because mm-hmm. again, I, I want to know who's, who's, who's sending me an email. What are they telling me right yeah. now? Yeah. You know? And it's another <laughs> spam email. So <laughs> it's another hacker. Ooh, Damn. You know. <laughs> so, yeah. um, well, this has been, this has been fun. I have a, I have a, one more question for you. Hmm. If your life was a book, what would the title be? <laughs> uh, look out, here she comes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's that's great. So thank you so much. This has been really spectacular. Is there anything that you wanted to make sure you said today in the podcast that I didn't ask? And you know, we're just having a you know quote unquote cup of coffee at the Business Growth Cafe. So well. Yeah. No, I, this was, this has been, this has been great. I'm so excited that we're, we've, we're finally able to connect and to do this. And, um, I, I, this is my passion actually is, you know, business development and marketing and connecting and, you know, helping concilium and grow. And so I can talk about it all day, but yeah, yeah, it was great. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. So why don't we take a few minutes then and tell the audience about how they can reach you and learn about Concilian and all that good stuff. Sure. So you can go to concilian.com. It's C-O-N-S-I-L-I-E-N as in Nancy, concilian.com. You can email me, Krista at concilian.com um, with any questions. And if you have questions about security, please reach out to me. I'm, I'm always happy to do the best I can to find the right answer. So for you and your business. And do you, and if a, and if a listener in, you know, their company with enough employees, I'll, I'll, I'll quantify that was interested yeah. in you guys doing a, a webinar and things like that, or educational program. For training. Them. They should reach training, out to but just for just kind of, well, well, I don't want to tell you what you can and cannot do, but yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. if somebody's interested in say, Hey, I've got 50 employees or a hundred employees and yeah. I'd, I'd really like to do some kind of training program. I could certainly talk to you about that as well. Yes, they can talk to me about that. If they if they would like to have security awareness training, absolutely. Um, and they should reach out to me directly. Yeah, yeah. And then even if someone doesn't have the enough seats, but they have a question or a concern, you know, I'm happy to to talk to them. So. Yeah, and I and I'd like to tell the listeners: don't wait until it's too late. We see it all the time, right? Don't wait until your employee pushes the wrong button or clicks on the wrong thing. I have to finish with a story that I heard, and I believe it's true, but but we'll see. So what I heard was this coordinator, I'll say, gets a phone call from the CEO and says, I want you to go out and buy you know $10,000 worth of um, 
gift cards mm-hmm. so, or Apple gift cards, whatever it was. And so and I'll say 10,000, but I don't know the number. So they did. And then they got another email and said, have you purchased those cards yet? And the answer was yes. And the re- next response was, I want you to start scratching off the back and start reading the codes to me. Mm. And this person literally just started, you know, t- mm-hmm. erasing the codes and feeding them back to the uh, mm-hmm. person on the other end of the line or the end of the email and uh, basically gave it all away. And, yeah. and so, you know, there's this crazy stuff like, uh, and I know there was a scam one time phone scam where people would call up and say, Hey, I need to verify your credit card. We're from whatever Wells Fargo. Here's your card mm-hmm. number. And they had all mm-hmm. the front stuff but they didn't mm-hmm. have the three digit code on the back. And they said, now let's mm-hmm. open your card and read us that number to verify, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I, I do caution people. There's so many things going on out there. And so don't wait, contact Krista for your organization. The last thing you want to be doing is dealing with an issue in, in hindsight versus being uh, ahead of it. And, and I do encourage you to do that. So Krista, thank, thank you, you so much for being at the business growth cafe today. Thank you for having me. Krista, I want to thank you once again for joining the Business Growth Cafe today. It was a lot of fun, very educational, and I'm sure you, my listeners, benefited from the conversation that we had here today. And I encourage you to continue to follow the Business Growth Cafe if you haven't been listening for a while because I haven't been posting podcasts. I'm I'm glad I'm back. I hope you're glad I'm back. And you can find out more about at thebusinessgrowthcafe.com or or you can listen on any of your favorite podcast platforms. I will put a link in the show notes so you can get to them very easily. And as I like to say, join me next week here at the Business Growth Cafe. Thank you for listening to today's discussion at the Business Growth Cafe with your host, Angelo Ponzi. Take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and visit our website at www.businessgrowthcafe.com.